TV baby, we are back. Yeah, it's been like so. I fucked up last episode because like I didn't do an episode for like two months, uh-huh. and then I was like, "Fuck, I need to get somebody on." And then I got Jared on, and then he just kept ragging me about the whole thing. <laughs> Fucking Jared. Anyways, what is up, everybody? Muse Me TV. We are back. We got in the house, my friend, your friend, everyone's friend, Jake Bormore, also known What's as up, guys? JBM. Hell yeah, dude. How's it going? Doing good, man. Doing real good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good I mean, man. it's Saturday. It kind of rained a little bit. Did people were freaking out because they're just like, "Oh my god, finally it's raining." It rained for like a solid hour, hour plus yesterday at my house. And really? Yeah, you know it's you know it's an intense rain whenever all the old people come out and just watch it for a couple of minutes. Like we gotta we gotta soak in this moisture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not getting it anywhere else. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's so sick. Um, I don't know. It's weird though. I mean, we're just gonna go jump right into stupid shit. But like, do you feel this is global warming happening, or is it just? Jesus Christ making a difference right now. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it makes sense that it is. Jesus Christ? No. That, <laughs> no, that uh, global warming might be happening. Well, I mean, that, it's it's hot as fuck, but it's always been. I'm from Roswell, man. It's always hot as fuck. So. What's the hottest it gets in Roswell? It, I mean, it usually hovers like 105 at like the highest, but there's been a couple of years where it gets to like 110, but those are like rarities. Oh, so. okay. But it's, it's more like hundred day like months almost you know what i mean like there's a good solid two three four weeks sometimes of it's hundred plus always non-stop heat yeah i'm pretty sure that's good for like agriculture and crops there right oh i'm sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty (laughs) deserty roswell so you're actually from roswell i was born there yeah yeah, yeah. when did you move here uh when i was 18 well i moved around a lot when i was a kid but yeah like i did like high school and middle school and stuff like that down there so in roswell yeah nice are they really really big on the alien culture there Uh, enough to like keep people coming there for and then to be disappointed by the lack of effort that they put into Uh, it it's like (laughs) god damn it it's another green alien yeah yeah yeah, bunch of grays all over the city yeah there's like a bunch i What's funny is i don't think anyone from that town ever goes into like any of the alien shit downtown but from what I hear, it's like a paper mache like UFO, and like some plush dolls and like action figures. Okay. So, but I wouldn't know because there's no point in me going in there. Get this cat out of here. Can you get this cat out of here, please, babe? Get the get the gun. Please get the gun. Please get the nine mil <laughs> and get him out, please. Oh Jesus. Pellet gun doesn't work anymore. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Not even the spray bottle. <laughs> That's where we started off, and now look where we're at. Using a nine mil on a cat just to get him out of here. <laughs> thank you thank you be here all night oh man well that's cool i mean i've i've never i've been to roswell like maybe one time super young i don't really remember it too well yeah but I, the only thing i know about it is obviously alien culture and right. like that's that's crazy to think about too that like 
the United States has a staple for alien culture, and one of the places is Roswell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 very strange, honestly. Aliens and pecans. That's kind of what they're known for. Pecans, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's shit. like a bunch of there's a big pecan orchard in like what is that the northwest part? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember the exact part. But uh, northwest sounds about right. They're not. Is that natural to Roswell? Is that <laughs> does it, did aliens bring those pecans? <laughs> I don't know what what's going on with the pecan orchard, but. Yeah, there's nothing, and then just boom, random plot of trees. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's crazy to think about too, because like, it, what else is closer by there? Isn't like Carlsbad in that area going around there? Uh, it's directly south. Oh, really? So yeah, you still yeah. have to go farther. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's directly south. That's cool. That's oh, man, Roswell is a crazy place because it just again it makes me think of aliens so much, and I'm just like, did anything really happen? Is there? We're going straight into this. Is there aliens out there? Do you think there's aliens out there there's, right now? There's got to be somewhere really i mean the universe is too big (laughs) way too big do you think it's one of those things where they've came they're not here no more they're still here they're observing us but don't want to come here what do you think about these aliens that are happening i I think they would probably just be checking us out they're just they're just that's why those little ufo sightings are just like like passing by i just don't think like why would they want to fuck with us i i think you know what i mean like if, if, if you're able to get into a different galaxy and solar system or wherever the fuck they're from and you stumble upon people who are like can't even figure out their own planet you know like if global warming is even a question for us then if you were them why would you even want to like fuck with them they're like ah, they can't even mess they can't even get off their own planet Uh, okay so just saying they use so much power to get off their own planet yeah like they're not even like they're so far below us like let's just check this out and like have it like they're probably making like a planet earth about us and it's just literally you know what i mean like i think south park had it right yeah that it's some weird like tv show for aliens i love how they've always portrayed aliens so like they did it so good Mm -hmm. like there's that episode two have you ever seen the boxcar derby one where like stan stan's dad has to help stan marsh build a like a boxcar, like those little like mm-hmm. wooden ones, and then yeah, yeah. he steals like this hydron fucking atom from Switzerland, <laughs> puts it in the car, and then all of a sudden he uncovers warp speed, uh. and the aliens find it and they give us a test. They come and they're just like all some like alien playing as a gangster comes and he's just like, oh hey, take me to your leader, and like <laughs> they end up killing that guy, and they go into the ship and find like hundreds of thousands of dollars known as space cash mm. and it's a test to see if they like that has no like realistic value in the universe but they do that just to see what humans would it's like a test right right yeah if we're like still so obsessed with like greed and something something of made up value yeah. as compared to the bigger picture of what's actually going on with an alien being in front of you that's so true too Cause like I don't know, I saw the this podcast where they were talking about how planets are entering these like tier systems of how to like evolve more. Uh-huh. Like there's like the tier one system of actually harnessing the power of your Earth. Uh-huh. Like, you know, being able to use solar power, wind, and all being able to like do that here on Earth, mm-hmm. which helps you to leave Earth and you start ending up becoming a tier two society where it's like you use like a nearby star. Right. For like energy uh-huh. and that helps you expand farther. And then you can go into a tier three where you just use like the universe as energy, which is weird because what I heard with that, remember from the podcast is that we're not even at tier one yet. Yeah. Like at 0.7. Yeah. 
yeah, we're yeah. like so close, but not there yet. Well, yeah, because I mean, if we're still like having to drill into the earth and not, you know what I mean? Like I was always taught that those were, it was what sustainable and unsustainable resources, right? Yeah. And so it's like, if we haven't figured out how to do the sustainable thing, then we are obviously unsustainable and we haven't figured out how to fully evolve them, right? That makes sense. I, I feel like, I don't know though, if we're like, have been contacted or are going to get contacted, contacted by aliens do you think it's going to be the same scenario like us humans kind of like when the spaniards ended up coming to the new world and they just raped and pillaged everybody and it just destroyed everything because they knew a sophisticated knowledge other than the, like the native americans and stuff nah i, I mean maybe fuck, i don't know that's what's scary i'm yeah, just that, like yeah of course that's the scary thing but also why would you know if they either if that's the case they either haven't found us or they're waiting for the opportune time, right? Interesting. So, like, if they have, like, if aliens are around and they wanted to take over us, once again, I, I feel like they would have just already taken over us. You don't think they're, like, freaked out because, like, every one of us has an AR or something? No. <laughs> they're just, well, like... Once again, if you can get into from your galaxy to my <laughs> galaxy, I don't think the, the primitive weaponry that has a, a finite amount of ammo will scare the thing that can break our physics, you know? Interesting. That might make sense. It does. Like, I mean, who knows what their like muscle tissues and the way their body is like. What if a bullet just goes straight through them? Well, and also they're so thin. You know. What I mean? Well, that's just an <laughs> assumption. That's just an assumption. Who knows what they look like? That's true. Because like I don't know. You hear those stories where it's like it's gray aliens or reptilians or like even this other thing. You ever heard of the aliens called Pleiadians? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like it's like just like Hitler's youth. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm just like, what is going on here? How is that an alien? I don't know, man. But ancient aliens will make it an alien, that's for sure. Ancient aliens made dragons an alien. They made so, cowboys yeah. alien. <laughs> They're like, you remember that movie Cowboys and Aliens? That's real. That's real. That's that a real like, life. What if cowboys were in the Midwest? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was... Doc Holliday was never shot in all of his gun battles. <laughs> what if he had some sort of like force field around him alien technology yeah, alien technology because how did you not get shot back then that's so funny i don't know though um that's a topic not for me to really branch into because i don't know I yeah don't, I, I no one ever does and so it's kind of I, I think it's i think that's what everyone does now is just sort of like yeah it'd be fun if this or this or this yep we don't know though so let's just whatever assume make yeah. movies and stuff like that yeah I think, though, uh, do you think the government does do this thing called as, like, desensitization of people? So, like, there's been, like, op right now we're watching that movie District 9, and right. there's all these other adaptations of aliens in so many different ways, like Alien, Predator, right, right. these guys, fucking South Park aliens. Like, yeah. what happens when we do see one and we're not as freaked out because we can just be like, oh, I saw that on TV. That's not that bad. I saw it. So it's not like the visual concept from the first view, like seeing something like straight out of the, like the out of ordinary. Right, right. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess once again, I guess that would be possible. Do you, do you freak out when you like see like a, like a new kind of like bug or something that just flies around and you're just like, wait, what is that? Like, why would I, what? The, oh my God, I, is it going to bite me? No, I mean. No. <laughs> no, because I've, you know, I'm not traveling that much. And then if I am traveling and I see a new bug, I'm like, oh shit, there's a new bug anyways. And just generally speaking, depending on the size of the bug, I'm always going to have some sort of reaction of like, get the fuck away from me. It's you a know bug. I mean? It's a yeah. bug. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's. 
Like if if you're big enough to where I feel if you like accidentally flew into me, and there might be like a little welt from just the impact of the bug, then like I'm gonna be wary of the bug flying around me. You know what I mean? A little butterfly flies into me, it's nothing. Like if like uh what what is it the the tarantula wasp? You know what I'm talking about? They fly around here. Okay. Uh, yeah, those like. Yeah, I'm like. Those things fly at you. You just know instantly because they're loud and huge. Like, don't let that thing hit you. Ah. Uh, like, yeah, tarantula you, wasps. Well, I mean, you think you'd be freaked out if you saw oh, like baby. a. Those things are freaky. Yeah. But they look freaky. But how? They're not deadly, right? No, I don't think they'd kill you. But like, it would fucking hurt to get stung by one. Ah, uh, okay. So those things, like what? If I'm remembering correctly, they go and they will, like, land on tarantulas and, like, sting them then. And they either lay their eggs inside of them and then that kills the tarantula. Or they sting the tarantula and then they eat the tarantula because if you're a bug, how else are you going to get to a tarantula (laughs) other than just dive bombing? Go to the the third row. Yeah, that one. That bad boy. Let me see if that's... Damn, it's them going to battle. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But it, don't you think that's a little alien-like? Like, it injects itself inside of another animal just to spawn its lo- its its offspring? Oh, we can get into natural aliens. Like, like there's fungus that, like, uh, that will, like, make, like, ants, you know, like, go to the highest leaf and then, like, spew out of their head so, like, the spores uh. of the mushroom can fall, you know? There's... All sorts of crazy fungi that take over insects and even like small birds, I think. That is actually pretty To like sick. make them, you know, you know, reproduce it within the, its ecosystem. Well, there is the, the fact that most uh, like plant life and like the microbiome like that, they all communicate with each other. Yeah. Right, like like if a, if a plant neighboring is just like, hey, I'm dying, it's sending messages to the next plant, which is like, you better be ready for this. I don't know if it'll survive it or not, but at least it's getting that message right away. Or, yeah, or, no, I've heard that trees will communicate. So if you have like with a fungi that's on top of their roots, so if there's like a tree who survives well in dry climate and you're going through like a really long wet season then the trees that survive well in the wet season will start to send nutrients through this fungi to this dry tree. Um. And then whenever it's really dry and the other tree that survives well in that climate is thriving, it will send some of its nutrients over to the ones that are struggling because they need more of a wet climate. Interesting. Yeah. And that makes sense in the sense of, like, humans, too, when you, like, kind of see... A distress most of the time you kind of like the guy on the side of the road who's just like you know can't, doesn't know how to change his tire so one of the plants is gonna stop and be like hey i'll help you out man and that's kind of that same aspect i think is yeah. like when we think about it it's like not every plant or not every uh organism probably has enough energy or like sustainability to like bring it back up mm-hmm. but one of the neighboring ones will yeah like we can i don't know we can help you out here buddy but i mean right these like little clovers aren't gonna do shit for you unfortunately <laughs> yeah but i feel like in the plant life there's always like some sort of give and take though you know what i mean like like if a plant is giving more energy to another plant or 
or is telling them like, hey, look out for the locusts that are coming towards you or something. Okay. Then those plants know that the other plant will eventually return the favor. And whereas like humans, there's like a lot of skepticism <laughs> in one another, you know? So Okay. I feel like that that would be the difference the the difference between that. Goddamn, I wish we were more like plants, dude. I wouldn't I wouldn't be so weary about like helping the guy with a flat tire and be like does this guy have a gun? Is this guy going to rob me if I show him that I have a Tesla right now? Like, uh, what's that? De- uh, the Book of Eli forever, like, fucked with me with trying. Like, I, was, I used to be such a wholesome young man. Like, be willing to help people. And then I saw Book of Eli at the very beginning whenever he goes and tries to help that chick. And then the other people, like, stop and swarm him. I'm like, oh, shit, that's a thing that could happen. Oh, like, dude, I could have just imagined. You know what I mean? And so now, after that, I was just ruined. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess you get better to, to learn from a movie than life experience, I guess. Like, that's dude. I've never been, I've never been mugged in that particular fashion. So, but now you have that worry that it might happen. Well, who's to say that I, I've never been mugged in that way because I have that worrying thought. That that makes sense too. You know I mean? and you're just like, like I said, I was, I, I try to be a helpful guy. So if I don't have those life lessons, I moved to Albuquerque as a young eighteen-year-old youth. Trying to just like get fucked with. He's trying to help the world, and yeah. then you see the book of Eli, and you're like, I'm not gonna get fucked with. That's so crazy, though. I kind of do see how that can play a role, because like I feel growing up, like my parents weren't the best parents, so they didn't really like were like, hey, this is how you deal with bullies. Hey, this no. is this is how you deal with sex. I'm just like, great, I learned all this from fucking South Park and Family Guy and shit like that, or like some kind of like sitcom or something like i watch malcolm in the middle and i see like an episode where like malcolm helps one of his friends and i'm mm-hmm. just like that's fucking awesome that's a life lesson i take that into the real world where i'm just like oh i should be more helpful I oh yeah i did nice. i did that too you know but i don't know there's there's always the good and the bad though so you, you give and take so but it's weird that you would never think to learn some of those things from like your parents and stuff like your parents are going to tell you about like people that lie to you to be nice to you and then mug you with a group of men like you you don't really get those kind of lessons you get them more from like pop culture and like media and stuff like that unless unless your dad is like some military tactic dude and he's just like literally letting it down since you're since birth i was gonna say or you know you just have a parent who's dealing with shady doing shady shit or you know is doesn't have their shit together so they're involved with like shadier people like but you would you think you would see that, or you think it would kind of be closed? I, de- I saw it. Like my mom was, me and my mom like moved around a lot when I was younger. Okay. And we dealt with some shady people, who would just you know just kind of steal shit just because they needed it or they wanted something you know to sell it and get money for something. So uh, okay. So like you you catch on to that stuff when you're younger too. That makes sense. Whether you're involved in it or whether you're seeing it in in media or TV or whatever, I think. You okay. Know? Kids are receptive, bro. That's that's good thing though that it doesn't take like they have two paths when you see something like that. You literally can take the path of like seeing it and then being that, or seeing it and trying to prevent that. Yeah, I mean that that because you know you've seen those like stories where it's talking about like this is gang life and then it just initiated another gangster mm-hmm. and then it just it's like a never ending cycle. But in between that cycle, there are some that go away and just like. I don't want to do this, or I would want to tell people that there is better than just trying to steal mug and stuff like that. Right, right. So it, it's crazy to know that, again, the good and the bad of little, every aspect of life is, is readily apparent. Well, I think, and then there's definitely people who say that lifestyle may not be for me, or I want to pursue something better. 
but they can still look at that and go, ah, I can take some sort of positive from that, you know, you know, like you can, I feel like you could, should be able to try to at least find positives in someone or something because they're, you know, they're a little good in every bad and a little bad in every good. There's nothing, you know, there's not 100% good or evil. It's all it's a matter of, of, of spectrum and balance. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, you could, you could say, you know, for a loose example, like drug dealing, like, you know, oh, it's terrible that people are going and selling, you know, hard drugs to kids or, you know, people who are, willing to put their lives in a hard struggle but at the same time they're out you know doing all this stuff for 40 80 hours however long and they're also trying to support something and you know what i mean like there's hard work in that still too so you can take that away and you may not apply your hard work ethic into that field but you could apply it to something else you know what i mean yeah there was like uh like in that song by biggie right juice where he's just in the beginning he's just like where you tried to like uh where the people who called the cops on me when i was just trying to make money to feed my daughter yeah exactly exactly yeah. you know like that's that's all he was trying to do he's just trying to do what we're all trying to do right just improve ourselves little by little trying to survive yeah. surviving at its finest not just trying to survive but thrive that's that's crazy thing too because like there's two different aspects of just like you know you want a better life too and you're just trying to achieve something better yeah. i feel there's a lot of people that kind of go for that but then there are those people that are just cool with what they do and how where they are and like if they never improve like don't i i feel like that aspect kind of happens a lot in uh, homeless people as well like like do you think there's ever that aspect where they're thinking like man it could probably get better if i try harder or it just stays like, well, I don't give a fuck, and I stayed this way. Uh, you know what? I'm. I mean, I, fuck, man. I've been depressed before, so like, there's times where you know, you can, you know, you should be doing better. I should be working harder. I should be, you know, cleaning my house better. I should, you know, do whatever is eating at you. I should work out more, whatever. Uh, but you just you're in this rut, you know, and like sometimes it's hard to. Fu- figure that out. I, I don't know I've never been homeless but I imagine you know if you feel like you don't have anyone there for you and stuff like that and you're dealing with you know who knows what else mental issues or you know family trauma whatever then that plays a role yeah that like sometimes it's just hard to dig yourself out of that that hole and yeah. so I don't think it's a matter of complacency. I think it's more a matter of, I just don't know. Like, have you ever, have you ever like walked into like someone's house or like, have you ever let, you know, like, and it's been a mess and like, you're supposed to like help someone like clean something or like move, you know, and like nothing's fucking packed. And you're like, well, fuck homie. Like, where are we even supposed to start with like this moving project? Well, you know, like kind of one of those things where it's like, sometimes you can be, you know, you can just kind of be in, put in a situation where it's like, fuck, I don't even, I know I need to improve, but I don't know where to even start, you know? Okay, that makes sense. I don't know. I guess it's just the mindset of the person too, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a big lesson learning. Like, I don't know if you're a very big advocate of technology, but like, say, like, example, you know how Elon Musk is making the Neuralinks thing? Mm-hmm. What if that kind of turns us all zombie-like and yet we all have this attitude of like, do better, do great, stay focused, never give up. 
everybody has that idea though now because of this manipulation in our brain to help us do that so is that is i mean the question would that be is the manipulation because we as a society just decided as a whole like this is what's good or is it because elon musk is like hey i can put this thing in everyone's brains and then well i think after he puts it in our brain and then if that's the case then who's to say we're not just doing elon musk bidding well when once i think once it gets put in our brain that's where the aspect of the human will start to understand more of like social problems and the dilemmas and stuff like one of the biggest examples that i feel is that like me and you have the same ideas and we could think the same way in certain things Mm -hmm. but like say for whatever aspect you have like uh say you know like you watch something or you like see something on tv and you explain it you tell me everything how you feel about it but i technically still don't know how you feel what if this chip helps you understand the struggle of that person or the complexes or whatever the case may be so that you now are like holy shit now i understand because you like i said like so there's some home you've said it too that well, why is this guy homeless or yeah. uh, we wouldn't really know the fact of what happened but understanding it more might be to the case where it's just like oh i get it now but you should think like me which is a better thinking or whatever and that gets transferred so that it ends up becoming of a balance again because what if it isn't a balance right now where all this negative aspects of why you don't do something or what over trumps like this like you are a good person you do do good but Mm -hmm. yet technology and this micro trip in our brain ends up helping us do something like that Uh, would you would you be willing to do it it's like a self-help book injected yeah, no, I think... Uh, Can I have it, one of those, please? If, if you're getting... You're so uh, nice, thank you. <laughs> if you're getting... Uh, I have so bad cotton on. I just started. Yeah, no, if, if someone's <laughs> putting microchips into my brain to, like, help my, my mood and everything like that, like, there's going to be some people who are doing that well before me, and there's going to be some trial runs for it. Like, nah. I'm not would jumping. you be one of the trials? No, I would not be. Like, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm willing to like jump in on like version two or three on the brain microchip before you get one. Yeah, exactly. Would you do the trials on Hill? I would, dude. I want two of them right away. <laughs> I just want to put them in my brain and like just be able to understand everything. Like, like this, like giant feeling like dr manhattan because yet when he first did it he really wanted to help humanity but then he understood that they don't want to help themselves so then he's just like well whatever at least i have all this knowledge yeah but like i don't know that's like best case scenario when you make that realization and i don't think i need a microchip to like like i don't need to know everything to understand that we have a hard time wanting to help ourselves as a species so I don't I don't need to I don't need to know this and then be like, oh, well, I know everything on top of that and then get frustrated at the fact that we're not willing to help ourselves because then best case scenario, you're just Dr. Manhattan and you're just like, oh, fuck it. But again, what if we but, all- or you end up like uh, Ultron and you're like, time to kill everybody. Uh, <laughs> no one's I mean? listening. Yeah. Uh, see, that's what I don't know. I feel like. Like, you know how everyone's, like, putting yourselves on, like, vibrational patterns and everyone's thinking the same and, like, you know, being, like, on a level with everyone else? Like, I feel like that would achieve more of a enlightened period if we all can do that. Yeah. I mean, if we could all better understand each other on an individual level, yes, 100%. And what if technology helps with that? 
and technology helps with that, and I'm jumping in on version two, and I'm seeing a mass majority but being I do, able to vibe well with. But I do other. like that that like you see if it is progressing yeah. and it does help, you're just like I'm willing to do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not a hard. I try not to be an absolutist about on anything. Okay. So like, I can't say that I would never put a micro trip in my brain if it was to make society a little better and you know more utopian. I guess if that's even a possibility. But I'm not. Uh, I'm also not going to be the first one to try it out. That's true too, because you don't know what's going to happen, right? Look at the Teslas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teslas crash into the walls all the time. It wasn't until like version six that it got better. Yeah. So I mean, there you go. Would you drive a Tesla? I'd probably drive a Tesla. Right now. Mm, I mean, if I yeah. If you could afford if one. If I could afford one, and I yeah. You think you would use the driveless feature more often than not? You know what? I wouldn't in the city, but there's a couple of stretches of highway. I, I, you have to go down, time back to Roswell, where it's like, I don't need to really be driving here. I shouldn't <laughs> even be paying attention yeah, right like, now. Yeah, it's fine. That's cool. So. Um, I, I would think that'd be cool, too, is uh, an idea that, there's, that I've heard been proposed is that everyone should have a Tesla. Mm-hmm. And when you buy your Tesla, you can automatically turn it into a rental car system. So like an Uber driver thing where you're still trying to pay off your Tesla, but it's still making money for you at the same time. Because mm. look at us right now. Like we're sitting here talking. Our Teslas could just be driving around the city making money, just stopping people at random places. Right. I mean, that that's an idea where I feel like everybody should be on board with something like that because then it would help like drunk driving, uh, um, mentally handicapped people trying to drive and right. stuff like that. Well, but I, I, like, I'm pretty sure even Tesla tells you to still like pay attention to the road and. Well, we're not to that point mean? yet. Yeah, yeah. But that's a that's a, a realistic idea that they want to do. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I'm all for that too. That seems awesome. But once again, let me get to the point where it's actually a thing. Yes, yes. Uh, Eradicus is commenting d- on your guys's conversation, and he said that. When you microchip everyone, if you would, you know, if our society was microchipped, you'd also run into issues where people are all thinking the same thing. You stop progress, no innovation. Good point. What if you can already invent everything so that we do end up becoming to this tier higher society? Because we're not even at tier one yet. So imagine if we ended up becoming to tier three and understanding everything about the universe. Yeah, but I don't think that's what they're like when you say everything about the universe. That's how to get energy and stuff out of it. Shout out Radicus. Thank you for joining. You're awesome. You know, there's a isn't there a slight chance that solar because isn't the second tier being able to use energy from one star, one star, a nearing star, a nearing star. Yeah. So that's solar power. So like, but at a higher level for sure. But you know what I mean? So but we're at least kind of at the base understanding of that and so from what i understood that it was the next tier would be getting energy from the actual universe and using that to help run your society as compared to needing something like nuclear or gas or you know like stuff that we're we're running on yeah you know the next thing that we would have to do is figure out how to be totally hydro totally wind and solar solar, and then figure out solar next and then figure out where the you know how to get energy like i said from the universe it isn't a a consciousness of everyone doing the same thing like you know what i mean it's not a it's not a human consciousness question it's a 
how to make society run question. That makes sense. Like the fuel of it. But and, and then that's what that I hate when I think too much about like science and stuff. But then what is really actually matter and what we are in general? Because like if I think about it when I talk and I'm just like. <laughs> Hey, what really is the difference between this microphone and me? I know it's like the way that protons and atoms and stuff are arranged differently and how they build blocks of different chemicals and stuff. Mm-hmm. But to the beginning core process of it, it is just these basic atoms and neutrons. Like what's not to say we understand those to the point where it's just like just like mind-blowing to it. We can create things out of nothing or just make things out of anything because we we already kind of understand it and we know that it's like breakable down like we know I, we know how to like break down this microphone so you can try to get the best chemicals from the beginning starts of it right i mean i don't think we know how to get like it totally to the core of like atoms and stuff not hmm. that i know but where in us are we not there yet like are we just so stupid that we're getting like mind blocked by this like greater consciousness of evil or is it like we're not enlightened because of time does that is time play a factor in something like this i mean i don't know i always blow myself away when i start thinking way too much about this <laughs> fucking bullshit no i do too i i mean i would assume that that's an, a time thing right like we just haven't had enough time to figure this this stuff out and if at some point we did figure it out and we lost it then regressed but in thinking we just haven't had enough time to start to really understand this and i think you i mean you always have to learn from your mistakes too right so you you know who's to say this isn't like phase one of like oh shit we're not doing this correctly now we need to do a a drastic turn and then we figure out you know a better energy solution for example because that seems to be kind of what we're on see i think that i hate see i hate that i'm not smart enough to know this but like do (laughs) do like animals and like insects and stuff uh feel time the same way that we do see that's what blows me away too is like an ant colony probably strives and does way more in their life and does all kinds of these amazing things but do they really think about it in the sec in the hours and seconds and like like we do like what if what if a lifetime to them is a hundred million years but they literally only lived in ours for a week or two. Right. So that kind of kind of like dogs and like the seven year thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, dude, I don't know. That see, because then that means that they have advanced in themselves so much, and they all advance faster because they keep going through their spans of time way more than what we do. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like I see. I don't even know if ants really do that or not. So. I, 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 I don't know, man. The ideas of stoners. Yeah. The, the <laughs> Who's to say that there isn't a planet somewhere out there that is rotating around it, like, has all the same, like, is just like Earth, you know, and has, like, little humanoids running around on it, but is spinning faster around its sun. Yeah. So then they're more advanced because they're spinning fast. You know what I mean? Kind of like the same thing with the ants. It's like they perceive their time in a certain way so they're advanced further but to us i don't know because i because th- thoughts of stoners i guess i've seen that i've seen that in like science fiction films as well too yeah there's a matt damon movie that does that right the, the one with um not only matt damon but on futurama as well remember bender gets that civilization on his ass 
<laughs> that that's kind of the same thing too. I saw it, uh, that show on Netflix, uh, Love, Hate, and Robots, or whatever. Mm, mm. They have that same thing where like they open the the freezer and there's like a civilization in there, but it expands the of time goes so fast compared to like they go through one day, but yet the humans went through like the in the freezer went through like thousands of years. Right. It's like uh, uh, Rick and Morty did a, a thing about this too with uh, the Rick's spaceship's motor the battery yeah the battery yeah. they have to go into the battery and then they go into the that world's battery and then the other one and the dude dies and so then they just spend like years in that little area or weeks or whatever but it's and then they keep cutting to summer and it's you know like one little like couple seconds you know she gets mugged and then she has to wait for the cops to come and then she has to wait for the military to come and like by the time that rick and morty are done doing all this different shit it's you know 30 minutes or whatever and so much has gone yeah. on in that yeah i don't know that's one of the things that always blows me away yes do you want to know about the dog's memory and its concept of time yes tell us what does it say jesus christ i don't want to read all this features <laughs> well, on how dogs perceive it's time. basically telling you that they've done a lot of studies more on rodents and the conclusion was they're stuck in time because they can't go backwards and forward in time because they don't have memories when humans can willfully go back in time. So, But then if they don't have memories, how do they remember certain Yeah, things? I was going to say, my dog like knows different people and different places in like, Roswell. Okay. Humans like can consciously and willfully think back to specific memories and anticipate events. When animals smell... Things that they're familiar with, they can uh, recall. See, but that when that, they see things that they know, they can now recall. But if they're sitting in your living room, they can't just willfully recall that specific moment in their life. Like one of their other senses is what makes them and remember it triggers things. That, so the, the memory, like when your dog's dreaming and it's like running, what is it? Yeah, that's, that's crazy too. You know what I mean? Because it has to be remembering something, but it's just in my apartment. Because BB-8 does that a lot too. Yeah. She like does this weird like noise, and it's like that's when you know she's dreaming compared mm -hmm. to like whimpering or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But that's a, like, that same thing is like what is going on in their in their head. Yeah. But that's what's cool too is like all these animals and stuff. Like I said, Neuralinks. <laughs> we don't know how they think, but what oh. if we end up finding out because of this? Like, oh man. So you know what? I would be more interested in signing up in for a Neuralink if it meant I could like Doctor Doolittle than like than humans. I would Doctor Doolittle Neuralink before I would human Neuralink. See, but that that's 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 a possibility. I think. I feel hopefully it could be something we could understand because yeah. uh, look at how the different uh, senses of the animals work. Like a cat's eyes are like fucking amazing, and their smell and the dog smell are really really good. Like. Imagine it's just something that's triggered in our brain to make us be able to do that. And then we can actually f sense the things they sense or, or smell or like see because like, you know, the spectrum of light is so big. Like, you know, right. they go from X-rays to gamma rays and all this stuff. But yet we only see one aspect of it when yeah. there's so much going on around us right now. Right. And right. that like compared to an owl or a, a reptile they see something different and yeah. that's what's cool to me is like what if it's something where it's like awesome or like, like bats with like sonar you know anything yeah. to be able to make like a click or a noise and be able to like hear or see your environment through the sound waves well you kind of seen that in that movie with ray charles and uh jamie fox you know how he uses his foot mm -hmm. to tap on he wears these like 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 
toe heeled shoes that have like a hollow body and so every time he walks the sound is very distinct on what he's walking he'll tap the side of the wall and the closer he gets to a door the different sounds that his shoe will create because of that and right it's like knocking on a, a wall to find a stud yeah exactly yeah so that that's what blows me away too is that like we probably do have these essential powers or let's see make them sound like a fucking superhero or right. something but we have these things that is unlockable in our brain but yet it's still concaved by something else that uh, over dominates it even how mm. big our brain is too it blows me away it's like yeah it's this big but yet a dog can use certain senses better than we can yeah okay back to dogs dreaming they said the only like they don't know what they're dreaming about obviously but it says the activation that happens at night for dogs does help them consolidate memories and learn new things. So sleep is just as important for dogs as it is for people. Okay. So in our dreams, usually a really like important emotional happening will be in our dreams. And I think that's maybe what dogs are dreaming about. Like maybe an emotional like burst that happened in that day mm. or like in their life. Maybe what they're, what they're doing is they're like processing it. Like, because they didn't, like, fully process it. Because it helps them consolidate memories and learn new things. But then, like you said, the, how, how long will that would that memory last if it was, like... So, say if it was something in the morning, like, the dog woke up in the morning and is trying to dream about oh, that. Oh, hell. Oh, no. You haven't seen the videos when, like, dogs' owners come back from, like, a military... Mm. deployment and yeah, stuff like that. that dude their memories last a long time but i thought you said but they have to be activated by like that person's smell or the visual cues that or person's something. you know look so okay that's all i have our dogs are amazing our dogs are amazing you have a dog as well right I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, dog. she's a belgian malinois mix how long have you had the dog She's, uh, I've had her for eight years now. Nice. Yeah. It's good, good dog. Yeah, she's an awesome dog. I love her to death. It's a foxy. Malinois. M A I L N O I S. Malinois, I think. And you said a mix, right? Uh, yeah, she's not, I don't think she's a purebred Malinois, but. She does have more of the features of oh, that yeah, dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I love those ears. Yeah, she. So my dog has floppy ears. Yeah, she's got the little labdor, labrador ears that flop down. But mm. she's got the the black snout, and she's got the the black streak down her tail, and the furry coat like that. She's not really that furry. She's she's a lot shorter haired, but she's got a very similar coloring to it. Interesting. Nice. Did you get her in a pup and everything? I got her when she was seven months, actually, nice. from the Humane Society. Nice. Yeah. She, she honestly kind of picked me. Oh, yeah. big guy. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I, was, I was walking by and then she like, I was about to leave and she just like, fucking ran up and was all poof, up on the door. And I was like, oh shit. This looks like the one. Yeah, I was like, I guess. And next thing you knew, I had, I had a best friend. <laughs> I got pretty lucky with BB-8 because I was working at a retirement home and the receptionist was also like a veterinary tech or whatever mm -hmm. and she or she's like one of those people who's like just taking in dogs taking in dogs and she was already having too much trouble with this dog with mm -hmm. bb8 and i was just like well if anything i'll take the dog and yeah. she was like okay for sure she's fixed neutered got the microchip she's ready to go and she was like maybe like same thing six seven months but she had these rules where she was like literally like oh um are you gonna are you gonna have the dog outside and they're like i don't know maybe when i go to work so she doesn't like ruin anything in the house that you can't do that 
uh, you can't uh, have the dog outside. They get a lot of heartworms and they get a bunch of problems with their health. And I was just like, oh, dang, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know. I don't yeah. this, this has been my first dog. And so, like, maybe, like, two days later, I was like, I'm just going to suck her in and tell her. Like, yeah, I'll, you know, the dog's never going to go outside. Yeah. And she ended up letting me have her. And it's probably been pretty dope decision since I was say it's pretty ridiculous to say that a dog should never go outside yeah like i like if i were to leave for work i couldn't leave the dog outside right like that that sounds a little ridiculous yeah i'm just like especially when it's this hot and stuff like that like, yeah, <laughs> your dog inside but yeah the, to like sometimes the dog just needs to go out sometimes the dog wants to go outside you yeah know what i mean like go you know if you got a squirrel in your backyard or birds you know dog fuck around do you uh <laughs> How about a cat? Do you think a cat should be, go outside? I think it. You know what? I'm I'm cool with a cat being let outside, but like you should bring your cat inside at at some point. Like at least be... at least try to mitigate the murder, because your cat's killing something when it's outside. Like, do you think it needs that? Yes, one hundred percent. It's a necessary part of their personality. So so if <laughs> oh if, if God, I was if I was an evil switching genius, topics, <laughs> if I was an evil genius and I wanted oh to God. like like do okay, some, something like young heinous, I would uh, I would make a machine that would make all house cats like the size of like a bobcat and then just like let the strong survive at that point because I think everyone would be like ah oh, it's fine like my cat's just a little bigger but as soon as a cat hits bobcat size it is instantaneously thinking of can I take your ass out can I eat you right now? So like, you think you a see, cat? Yeah, they're psychos, and I think, and I think there would be a large amount of people who would not respect their bob si- bobcat sized bob their, their bobcat sized house cat, and they would just go to sleep all willy nilly, cuddled up with their kitty, and then next thing you know, the cat's eating half your face because well, well, it's that, hungry and it's like I got a fresh meat sack right here. That was a study that they showed that like if. If one, if I were to die in my house, my cat would eat me before my dog would. Yeah, literally, my cat would want to eat me. Mm-hmm. I yeah, see, that's disheartening. I'm so glad I could outweigh it and just like, you know, yeah, use exactly. a nine millimeter on it. This <laughs> <laughs> makes it so much easier. Yeah, it's it's very comforting in thinking that if I died in my house and it took like a week for someone to notice that like I was dead in my apartment, that my dog would like rip shit apart and like like get in the trash before she would right try to open cabinets yeah like she she would be yeah she would have destroyed everything and then you know and also she probably would like start on like your hand or something you know nothing straight for your face yeah not going straight (laughs) for your dome piece of like (laughs) (laughs) this is the best meat i know it is (laughs) cat just takes it off like nothing find anything on letting the cat out there's Oh god! It's just two different fucking opinions at this point. It's the left and the right all over again. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Well, one person, and I think this was a website, maybe a veterinarian. Check the website. What's the website? Credible. Check the website. Put it through checkwebsite.com. It's a humane society, actually. Oh damn it! I can't trust them. But they say that (laughs) if you play with your cat regularly, it it dampers their. uh, It's called a stalking instinct. Mm. That's what they like to exercise when they go outside. Right. Yeah. So uh, there's just two different opinions. One people, one, one like group of people say yes, they need to be outside because 
It obviously looks like they're happier and healthier outside because of the exercise, specifically. What, what if they get heartworms? And this, <laughs> just so everyone knows, this isn't a sound effect right now. This is actually happening outside. <laughs> okay, so with heartworms, you can actually get medication to like give them every month so they don't get heartworms, even if they do eat ingest heartworms. So that can be taken care of. Okay, makes sense. We're learning about more cat health, people. Cat health and dog health. Yeah, if you, guys, if you guys want an animal, make sure to watch this podcast. You'll <laughs> learn a lot about your animal. I don't know. My opinions, they need to be outside, honestly. And my opinion is that they aren't. They shouldn't. Yeah. They're house cats. Crazy. It's a house cat for a reason. Like, bring it in, in at night. Coyotes well, see, and stuff. That, that, that wow. make, you, have to, you don't have to let your cat outside. See, I would want it no. to be like my dog. Like, my dog lets me know when she wants to go out. My dog wants to let me know when she comes in. I don't want it to be like, I let the cat out, and then all of a sudden, I don't know where the cat's at for a few days. Right. And right, then right, it comes right. back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it had to be more of a controlled, like, I know that it's not going to just climb up a tree and jump the fence or something dude i had a homie who had a his cat would follow him what like he yeah he lived in an apartment complex and like in the apartment complex there was like the washer and like dryer room you know washing room and uh like his cat ever since it was a kitten would like he like i don't know how he figured it out or if the cat just decided it wanted to or what but he could walk out of that apartment and have the cat right behind him the cat would like kind of run around a little bit, but like as soon as he went into the laundry room, the cat was in the laundry room, and then as soon as he went back to his apartment, the cat would like walk into his apartment with him. Oh, and the cat would follow him around the little apartment complex. It's crazy. actually pretty cool. Yeah, like if, if more cats could do that, I'd be way more of a cat person. I think I got lucky too because like I got the cat super young, and BB-8's always been introduced to cats and stuff. Mm-hmm. So the cat takes more of the mannerisms of the dog, where right. just like. I'm just going to chill on this this part of the house. Or bb eight's kind of vocal when I get home. And I think the cat took that and is just like, I want to talk all the fucking time. Yeah. And he doesn't shut up at night. Like, <laughs> or either he's just super horny. I have no idea. Like, I haven't gotten neutered, and that's a bad thing. My, my dog cannot be around cats. Really? Yeah, she is. Like, she thinks that they are, like, playthings. The best chew toy ever. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, she doesn't understand... That like oh I can't actually bite this thing. Yeah. Uh, bite this thing. I got I got super lucky that BB-8 was like that. She's actually a really like well tamed dog in that sense. Yeah. Really I, I think the next time I go like the pet route, like you know, the inevitability of when my my dog dies you know, down the road, which will happen. Yeah, which will, sadly will happen. Yeah. But I think the next time I go like the pet route, I think I want to get a little kitten. And then, like, once the kitten gets a little bit bigger, you know, like, has a couple months to hang around the, the home domain, then get a puppy. Okay. And introduce the puppy via the cat. So then when the puppy is growing up, it's always used to a cat. Interesting. And then it won't have that inclination to chase things. You, know? you, you don't... Uh, that's... Uh, that's crazy, though. You don't think the cat would already see the puppy as a danger? No, because you would still get the the kitten would still be young. Yeah, like a few, a few like months. a year or two, even not apart. even a year. You'd think it'd be closer. Yeah, yeah, okay. a couple couple months, and then that way, you you know, the dog and the cat are still the puppy and the kitten are still playful, and they're still kind of curious about things. Okay. And the but the kitten is still a little bit bigger than the puppy for a while. So the kitten can kind of set the tempo of like this is how we're gonna play. This yeah, like he might get start getting a little gnawy and just cat just like yeah. That's and it. then the puppy's like, oh okay, I get it, I get it. I I get it. Fucked up. Okay, yeah. my bad. 
and then the dog will get bigger and so the dog you know inevitably they'll probably realize like uh, don't do something but hopefully by then the puppy will have enough good dreams of about the kid right. <laughs> it's all good except he's dreaming about eating the cat oh no <laughs> good thing it's the only thing dogs dream about is past memories exactly we looked it up guys we, we know <laughs> we looked it up here we on news tv yeah. oh man it's some good shit um what else do i want to talk about i did want to talk about some comedy Okay. So you're you're a comedian as well. I am. You host an open mic. I do. Open mics on Mondays at the location Knob Hill Lizard Tail. Lizard Tail and Knob Hill, yeah. What? Wh- how long have you been doing comedy? And like, what's, what's, what are your ambitions in it? And like, how? Why do you do it? And like, all these questions. Like when I first <laughs> met you, I first met you at the Red Door. Uh, I have because I I really good at recording almost all of my sets and you were you were uh, filling in for Royal and uh, Kevin. Kevin yeah and it was so funny because the comment you made to me was like introducing this guy and like you saw me at one side of the bar and then you were like oh where is he at where is he at and then you saw me and then you're like you're like Nightcrawler you don't even know where you're gonna appear give it up for Angel Lopez and that that was like my first real introduction to you and stuff and <laughs> and it was cool because I was just like wow this guy's nice I wonder how long he's been doing comedy like a little aspect and then we ended up knowing each other through like mutual friends right. doing open mics the garage the is garage is a big one yeah so that's what that's what really got a, a, see this is what I love about the comedy scene too is like everyone kind of had their like class and clicks but the garage kind of like merged, merged just everything. Together, if you're yeah. a comic at that time and you're doing the garage, we are friends. Yeah, for sure. And that was a lot of us at that time. Yeah. And that's what I feel is so cooler than like you got this guy's like I don't I've I don't like I don't feel like Rusty and like Danger and like Buck are really like they're our comic friends, but they're not as close as us who were in the garage. Right. And that that's kind of crazy to me. It's just like like the way that some people developed and how they ended up becoming more of like a clicky thing and not. And I don't know, like what, what, what was your introduction to this scene here? And where did you, did you even start comedy here? What was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, my first, so I started comedy uh, in July of 18. Mm -hmm. So pushing four years here pretty soon. Um, But my, my very first open mic was, was monk's corner actually. And I don't even think they were planning on doing it. Who was host? Do you remember? Sam Alvarado was the host. Yeah, and I don't even think he was, like, the normal host for that place. Like, I think the dude, like, I showed up, and there was another dude already there who was like, yeah, I'm here for an open mic, too. And so then the bartender, like, called the host up and was like, yo, we got two people here who are trying to do comedy. And then they called Sam, and all of a sudden... uh Zach Abeda and Maverick McWilliams were actually at that open mic too. Okay. And so And I think that at that point they're probably like a year and a half, maybe two yeah, years in. I think that's about the time that yeah, I think that's how much time Zach has on me. It's yeah. about a year and a half year on me. Okay. So uh yeah, the, that was my very first one and the other how did you, how did you do? I did horribly. <laughs> I was so fucking nervous. Like, I, was, I was terrified. How was the crowd? Do you remember any the of that? The crowd was uh, two people who were buying a growler with their little kid. Mild. And, uh, and the, my friend and her two friends. And oh, so it okay. was like, I got like sympathy, pity laughs out of <laughs> Look at them. Look at them yeah. up there nervous. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the next one would have been um, uh, Back Alley. Okay. With, with that Quayar and 
Kevin Barker did. Interesting. Um, that's that's cool. And that that was a, my second open mic was great because it was a drunk Devin Rivera and a homeless guy and like all the other comics. And the homeless guy was up against the wall on like on the stools like this, just like passed out. Uh, <laughs> so, straight stiff. Yeah. So like the one rando was just totally passed out asleep, like. Whatever these guys are talking about in this microphone is not important. I'm catching <laughs> some Z's real quick. That's hilarious. Where was that location at? The you know, back alley. Back alley was, uh, you know, that pizza place. That's uh, is that first or second? No, 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 no. Uh, so you know where uh, Sunshine is? Yeah. So diagonal across. There's oh, that, that New pizza York place? pizza. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So there's like a little bar. At least there was. I assume it's still there. There was a little bar, like Draft Alley, that was behind that. Oh, and so okay. you can go like towards that alley, and there's a staircase that leads down. Interesting. And then there's that. That was the entrance to the little bar. Okay. And then it also connects. Like there's a little middle portion, like freezer section, that connects the two. Ah, so you can kind of mm-hmm. in and out through there. Yeah. For At, staff, so. Yeah. At that time, how many how many open mics were there? Probably about the same that there are now. There was probably one every day. Sunday, yeah, Sunday through Thursday. Nice. So there, there's not one Sundays now, but yeah, Tito, Tito did the Boy, Bozy Brothers. Yeah, that was my first open mic. Yeah, I did it there the first time, nice. and that was crazy because I did it, and it was horrible. Notebook on stage and everything, yeah. and just like and it was so bad. But the cool thing I liked about it though is that Tito told me to come back and. The first guy who talked to me at that open mic was Corey Herrera. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he came up to me. He's like, hey, man, good job. At least you tried, you know, kind of like reinforced that it's not it's not easy and stuff. Because I think when you have this first perception in comedy, you're like, I'm so funny or I'm either funny and I can do this or I can't. Yeah. You don't understand the whole aspect of working towards it or like building the confidence or yeah. the stage presence mm-hmm. or whatever you're trying to build at that moment. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just like another skill that you end up doing over time and get better at. Obviously, some people can do it a little bit faster than others or like have this like little bit of a quick wittiness to it than right. others. But I still think it's still a development thing that you have to do multiple times. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there was a uh, John Quayer was gave me when I, at his open mic. He was like, "Just tell the first joke, man. Just as long as you're nervous, just say that first joke, and then everything will sort of fall into place after that." And then there was a dude who I met. His name was Dan Rascone. I don't know if you ever met him, but I don't think so. Yeah, I think he he was doing comedy, and then he stopped, and then he was in it, and he stopped again. I haven't seen or heard of him for a while now, but Dan Rascone was a big, big help for me. And just like, Hey, keep showing up. And like, I think, you know, like you're funny, you have, you know, keep at it. Yeah. You know, you'll start to figure it out. So. Nice. Yeah. Dude, it was, it's crazy how those a few people every now and then kind of seem to pop into place if you need them to. And now that's so crazy too. I love, like as long as I've been doing comedy, I kind of see it now too, where I'm just like, holy shit, I've seen those people that are really into it and they're really trying. Yeah. Or those people who are just like, oh, I'm going to do it for my first time and never come back again. Or yeah. you see them like once a month or something. And it's just like, that's crazy how like you see this whole different community in like the comic world. Like, because yeah. I, I used to play in abandoned stuff and mm-hmm. like that was like a whole different avenue or, but you still kind of did the same thing promoting trying to get people to come to your shows like but the cool thing about comedy is that you literally can do comedy every night 
Yeah. But with a band, you kind of practice as much as you can just to play like a show every like two or three weeks. You know, mm-hmm. you're not trying. You, if you're a really great and successful band, maybe you'll be that band that plays every show every week. Yeah. But even as us comics, we get to do a mic every day. Yeah. Which builds us an audience, which builds us better at our craft and builds us at, at what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I like that aspect a little bit better than the music thing, yeah. even though the music is fun. And that's what kind of showed me the, the disciplinary actions I should do in comedy. Yeah. Like I'm took me forever to get good at guitar. But now that I'm doing comedy, I'm just like, it's probably going to take the same amount of time. And right. You got it. You just got to grind it out. Mm-hmm. Cause like I play guitar and I'm just like, it's flawless, but I do comedy. I'm just like, Oh my God, it's like my first chord yeah, or yeah. something. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. It's like uh, learning how to do pretty much anything, you know, dribbling to basketball or, you know, throwing something or learning an instrument. Do you think those natural born talents are uh, a thing that happened a lot more often than not? Those guys are just like succeed and do it with like nothing prodigy level, I guess you could say. Nah, I think those people recognize that they have, like, I think there are people who are talented and they can recognize that at an early age. So you may have, like, a God, quote-unquote, God-given talent for something. But I think you just realize, like, oh, I, I'm, I'm good at this, so I'm going to merge myself into it more. And then just because you're... I think they still put the same amount of time and probably the same amount of effort but just because they figured out that they were good at it or it's something that they were really passionate about at a young age oh, okay. and they could pursue it more, that's what makes them. You know what I mean? Michael Jordan level. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you hear stories about Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or Michael Jackson, you know, like these people were all, you know, playing basketball or singing or performing or doing something from a super young age because yeah. that's what they wanted to do. And you know by the time you're 18 if you're doing that for 10 years you'll probably be pretty good i like and that then if you're naturally talented at it on top of it you know you then can start yeah. you know built up more yeah i like that aspect or the idea of like 10,000 hours though yeah i do too like, i do too like it's it's kind of hard to achieve in certain ways but like if i really wanted to in guitar if i play 10 hours a day for even just like 5 to 10 years i'll get there faster mm-hmm. but with comedy you can write for 10 hours a day, but you literally only get the five minutes of stage time. Right. So building up to the 10,000 hours is way harder of a grind, I feel, than it is in a lot of other things. Like, right. Again, you can dribble and play basketball even in your house. Right. No right, problem. Right. But you're doing open mics to your cat and stuff. You're not getting the feedback mm-hmm. you would as if you were on stage with the drunk dude that's fucking standing like this. You yeah. Know? So I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a cool concept to think about. But yeah other ways of achieving it are much harder than other like doing right, it other right. ways yeah it's like you almost have to find it it's either twenty thousand hours free comedy or it's divvied up you know that ten thousand hours is divvied up into multiple aspects of it you know what i mean so and you have to have a good balance of all of those things so okay like you said you could sit there and you could write for 10 hours you know every day for 10 years for 10 years and you get there and get there and then you have to you know you either have to figure out how to present it at that point that's where the stage presence and how you you know feel like you project figuring out something that i'm trying to figure out is how i'm perceived by other people you know what i mean because if you're if you think you're perceived as like 
this like nice you know easy coming guy but other people see you as a douchebag <laughs> you know what i mean then if you're trying to present a joke one way as this thing you know and it it, it, it if might it's, not if it's a little bit of like a spicier thing or like dickheaded thing to say and you're thinking it's coming from this nice perspective as compared to a douchebag perspective then it's you know it's going to get two different reactions out of it okay so on hell weren't we just talking about your energy level no and how you're perceived on stage when you don't smoke and you're sober you know what i'm perceived on on stage they them that's what i'm (laughs) (laughs) no okay so i get uh, i hate that it's kind of been pointed out but like so these past few mics i haven't been smoking at all Mm -hmm. and i'll go on stage super sober like sober sober as fuck but she's noticed that i've been doing a lot more of my presenting my like being more energetic and just being in the moment in the pocket more right and i'm just like god damn it like that kind of you i feel it because i get it i'm just like i get it because i'm more aware of certain things and stuff like that but is that really like i don't want to say it's hindering my ability to be better because i mean i like smoking weed weed's awesome right but is that just something to take into account to just get better at something because like it's it reminds me of like the ten thousand hours where like if i'm doing something and trying to get there but yet i smoke weed Maybe it slows down my 10,000 hours. So I'm mm. like taking a little bit longer to get to that point or something. Right. I, I don't know. But like that's one of those things is like because I have stopped recently going on stage stone. I've been able to like portray myself more in like an energetic kind of way. And it's been doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like maybe that's something I should take into account doing it all the time. Right. Like I should even start going to open mics and practicing like that too. And like. You know those aspects where you're just like right before the open mic, everyone's passing a joint and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, this is cool. Why not? But so you could either do it that way, or you could say, okay, what? How do? How can I try to figure out how to bring this energy after I smoke some weed? You know what I mean? I'm so high right now. Like, <laughs> that, like you can, you can either choose to be totally sober, or you can take figure out what you like when you're sober and try to apply that to your how you would like normally would go on stage you know what i mean so if you need if you're more energetic and it has a good response then that's just something else because like you know when you're on stage you're thinking about a bunch of different stuff you're thinking about your next line you know pauses pauses you know if i got a laugh when i got a laugh eye contact eye contact the right inflection on a word or you know whatever and so if you're realizing like, Oh, I need to have a little bit more energy on stage. Then that just can be another thing. Whenever you're getting, if after, you know, get a joint pass to you, take the hit. Remember like, okay, I got to have a certain amount of energy to it. You know, like if that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. You're kind of like making sure to prepare your mind to how you act, no matter how you mm-hmm. go on stage. Yeah. Cause like when you're on stage like that, you know what I mean? You're, that's who you're presenting and i feel like we're all a little you know like i can see you on stage and be like oh yeah that's angel you know like i know that guy i can do that with tyler or jared or rob or whoever but at the same time i feel like there's a little bit difference of the person who's on stage as compared to the person who's not on stage because especially with joke writing you kind of have to expand some things occasionally you know what i mean so at that point there's there's a difference there's there is some sort of separation i think 
interesting. And that's what I love about comedy, too, is, like, comedy is, like, so, I don't want to say subjective, but, like, people take it in as a different way and present it in a different way, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I love using William Wheeler as an example. When he first started, the prop comic guy. Yeah. Like, that's that blows me away in itself, too, because he was trying to do a, a form of comedy that's, like, is funny if it's done correctly and can mm-hmm. be presented in a great way. But then you see somebody like Buck D who says, yeah, I have a few jokes, but everything mostly comes off the cuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, what? I That's a crazy thought to think about, too. Yeah, yeah. But then you hear people like Mark Norman or these joke writers where they're like, I know my punchline and I know each of the tags that go on my punchline. Mm-hmm. And I know the laughs per second I get in a minute doing those jokes. Yeah. And that and itself blows me away, too. But who says what's the right way, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's it's like that laughs per minute thing. You know, the first question I always had when someone presented that to me, I was like, well, does that mean from when I hit voice record or camera record or whatever, from zero, zero to one minute, I have to have a laugh in there? Okay. And then let's say I get the laugh at 30 seconds. Does that mean I have from 30 seconds to 130 to get another laugh? Or does that mean I have from one minute to two minutes you know do i have a minute and a half now to get another laugh like what's what's that ratio how's that work yeah and then you know and you talk to people and it's like oh it's you know it's once ever within every minute so zero to one you have to have a laugh one to two you have to have a laugh even then though and then and then some people go no as soon as you get a laugh that clock starts over yeah you know and then some people are saying it's every 30 seconds or 45 seconds you know there's because one of the things I've heard is that like people try to strive for five laughs in one minute. Uh huh. Five laughs. That's in twenty. One. Yeah, that's a laugh every twenty seconds. That's re- that's so no, that's crazy. Even less. Yeah. 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 Kurt Fletcher can do that. Like that's and I mean what's so crazy is there's so many famous comics who don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're like. Like so, yeah. Segura doesn't do that. Kevin but you Hart do, doesn't do but that. But do you think he still gets like? See, that's what I love about those guys too. Is like they're telling a story, right? And within that story, they get little chuckles. Yeah, the like tagline hits, or like it's not the punchline to the joke, but it's still building up to mm-hmm. it. And they, I don't, I don't want to say they're actually the the type of people that are like counting that stuff, but the experts that do are like this is where that's at mm-hmm. that's why it's working that's why he does have his five per minute but right. they're like this scattered everywhere and i heard it also gets divided into the whole time you do so like if you do 10 minutes and you only kill towards the last five minutes but yet all of your laughs were there you still divide that into the whole thing right so like you even you were bombing for the first three minutes you still like i killed at the end i got like 37 laughs Divide that by 10, then that means I got yeah, technically 27 laughs every two minutes or something. Right, there. and that's that was my question you know, whenever someone, whenever I was first starting. When I first started, it was Troy. Troy was always the one who was I know! on top Troy, of Troy, what top, are you doing telling us this shit, dude? Top of my ass about this. He's like, laugh every minute, laugh every minute, laugh every minute. I was like, bro, well, like, what? And like you just said, like, if, if it means that I can get 30 laughs in the last two minutes, you know, or however long or last half of my set or whatever, and it's divided and that works, then like, it doesn't matter. Like, so basically it's all about the perspective of what you mean by that. Yeah. See, you know, and and that's totally based off of the comic, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people who can be storytellers, you know, 
like you said and they can have little things about it and i've even kind of noticed that like starting to re-listen to my stuff it's like i can be too wordy sometimes okay and i can get there but it would be nicer if i could figure out little things in between to like help get to the big one the build up yeah the build up of it but at the same time if we're going by the thing a minute i'm I'm getting that with the after the build up (laughs) so comedytradeschool.com oh my god Damn it! They have. Are they trying to sell me a book? Is this actually? Where? It's actually like you go to classes. Ten ninety nine. I wouldn't. Would you ever I, go to a comedy I, class? I, I, ITT Tech of comedy. Yeah. I would definitely go to a comedy class. Yeah, what would I it hurt by knowing more about say, comedy? I if it. I would go to a comedy class, it would have to be more like of an improv thing. Yeah. I wouldn't do somebody that does. I do a stand up class about stand up, where like. There's so many examples and so many stuff you can see online, but doing an improv thing, you actually, I think, get a work towards mm-hmm. being a crowd, crowd worker, like right. working the crowd. Well, yeah, and like I feel like if you have a really strong improv, you can almost always, like, you should have three minutes if you're a good improver. You know what I mean? If you can just improv off your ass, like Tito Demeron's a, a great example of this. Yeah, Tito can pretty much walk into any open mic or show, and I feel like have three hilarious minutes at bare minimum because i've seen just because he's so good at improv and like knowing how to do tito shit you know and it's like okay like haha you're hilarious and that is what improv i think is why i would do an improv class is just to figure out how to do that and think in between it yeah Okay, what does this comedy website have to say? So, to be a professional stand-up, you need a set that consistently gets four to six laughs per minute. Okay. Just so you guys should know. 15 seconds. They don't don't have a definition. They just have, like, this is laugh per minute, and what we think that you guys should be getting. Do they have, like, an example of, like, a a, a line of comedy? Mm, No. No? Okay, mm-hmm. I see that. Yeah, that would help tremendously. I mean, honestly, if we want to look at this from a comedy perspective, this entire like page of words that I'm reading has no jokes in it. And I'm like, what are you even selling here? Aren't you at comedy trade school? This should be like the most hilarious thing I've ever read. There, well, there should be like examples of it at that point. That's maybe, true. The quote would, from the book or something. Yeah, well, and I would say maybe that's comics being like, no, I don't do my material, but like, people who are doing our sets and stuff are recycling that like if you're a professional stand-up comic you're recycling your material you're not recycling your material you know you're making a new hour or a new 30 minutes or a new 45 or you improv with this like because i have jokes where it's just like oh i'm not going to say this last tagline but i'll say this instead because right. i know the crowd that i'm at or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's still kind of like almost two different jokes at that sense because <laughs> i know that joke wouldn't work with other people but just change one word of it for like you know the the convention or anime nerds and then that's where it's going to hit and right. that, that's kind of what i've learned too with some of the stuff that i've been doing is just like it's just like a few words of a of a different or don't even say some of the things sometimes too like you said sometimes less is more yeah and it's just like that blows me away to think that like if i say a joke i shouldn't jump into the next joke i should just like maybe give them the pause and then just be like you know some kind of gesture or something and that's not even any words but them giving them the time to think of the last joke that i just said Mm -hmm. and to give it the real validation if it's funny or not right because i've had that happen to me now where i I know some of my jokes is like i have to kind of give them time to think about that joke because Mm -hmm. if i go into the next joke i'm gonna ruin that whole joke and it won't it's gonna start 
a downward spiral and they'll be like, oh, well, that first joke wasn't even funny. I was like, oh, it was hilarious. Yeah. But you needed those few seconds for me to stop. You think about it. Start laughing. And then we go on, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, it blows me away. I love it. Uh, yeah. It's it's one of the f- yeah one thing that I love about comedy, too, is is figuring out those weird little timing drops for things and inflections on words, you know, or, or even a different use of word, you know, like there's certain sounds, you know, like a hard chuss sound or whatever elicits response or responses out of people in different ways too. Okay. So it's, you know, like it's not only the timing, but the certain words you use when you use them inflection on words and stuff like that. It's crazy. Nice. Um, so what do you, what do you think about joke stealing? I'm glad that you brought that up because we're going to talk about it. About joke stealing? Yeah. I don't think you should steal jokes. Do you think it's but, a... Go ahead. Do you think it's like something that happens like... Because you know the idea of parallel thinking, right? Yeah. So like, you know, jokes kind of have the same idea and stuff like that. But do you think even professionals at a professional level might steal jokes? See, so I've heard... I, I don't know. I haven't gone to Denver or Phoenix or any of these big cities yet. But from everyone that I've talked to who has, it's like they tell me like it's an inevitability that there is going to be a subject matter that you make jokes about that someone else is going to make jokes about. Like, you know what I mean? Because there's only, you know, everyone, there's only so many ways you can see and think. And comedy is such a growing thing with where there's so many people trying to do it. And so... That's why it's important to record your stuff and, you know, be able to show people like, hey, I was I thought of this here while I was in Albuquerque, you know, and it just so happened that you went up and then I went up a couple of comics later and we had the same idea. You know what I mean? Like there needs to be a there should be a discourse about it now. At the same time, if you go up and you, you know, say it like what would be a, like Jake Otero has that joke of like Albuquerque or New Mexico's last in education, but only people in New Mexico know how to spell Albuquerque. Yeah. Like that is a joke that like Jake Otero has said in Albuquerque and I've not heard anyone else say that. Okay. So like if me or you or anyone else all of a sudden, you know, at like the Revel show or in their set at dry heat said that joke, it would be like, yo, what the fuck? That's Jake Otero's joke. Whereas if another example with Jake Otero is like he has a joke about button mashing at a Mortal Kombat game, whereas like he just gets so pissed off, he just start button mashing and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. which kind of relates to a joke that I've been trying to come up with where like that's the only way that I can make a girl come right just by button mashing. Yeah. But I feel it has a parallel thinking kind of idea. It's not his joke. And right, right, right. Um, There was a joke. I used to do before the pandemic and it was about like have like having sex with an older woman and how she like older women are like a video game tutorial they'll tell you exactly what you need to do left left down right B oh yeah okay yeah. and I was saying that before the pandemic it was you know like it was a young comic super proud of it Steph 
has a joke. The jacking off. The, on. the jacking off on the arm thing. And I want to do a joke where <laughs> I turn on a girl doing that move with yeah, my it, penis. Right, right, right. And so my whole joke was like, because I was doing like the comparisons of like an older woman and a younger woman. And it's like with some girls, you get to left, left, down, and she's hooked. You know, it was a very bad joke, like I said. And Steph says it better, so I've kind of abandoned it. But as soon as I saw Steph do that, I was like, well, fuck. Like, I can't, like, I didn't even feel comfortable trying to do that joke But that's anymore. what's crazy, though, is that, like, just because of that gaming tag, the insignia of the Konami code, yeah, that's a totally different joke. Right. Like, his joke is about jacking off. Right, right, Your right. joke is about women. Yeah, but it is on that parallel realm of thinking. I could see that. You know, and yeah. so, like, I don't know. I just, it was a bad joke already, in my <laughs> opinion. Like, it was something that I was like, if I'm going to come back to this, like, I'm going to rewrite this out and, like, rethink it. So it, that was that, you know, like, but it was also along the lines of, like, well, even if I was going to try to bring this out, I need to kind of rethink it just out of the respect of the person who I've heard say it already. You okay, know? makes sense. So I bring up I bring up joke stealing because I recently come across a video where you happen to know a comedian by the name of Mark Norman, right? Yes. Amazing. He's like the goat. I love Mark Norman. But I recently found a video that shows where a comic does a joke very similar to Mark Norman's joke, but is I think two years older in the time that it was shown. Like he like you said, he recorded it, showed it in New York doing that joke in 2018 but mark norman releases a special in 2022 uh and it was on netflix mm -hmm. and it's almost exactly the same joke okay um do you want to bring up that video okay see because uh, it, it's a little loud will you turn it down a little too um so on on the youtube video just turn it down oh, on that okay. indicator yeah so the, the comedian's going to say the joke first, the guy that says that stole it from Mark Norman. And then Mark Norman's going to say the joke as well. And then he has this little thing on the side that says these are the similarities of the joke. But the one punchline is the name of the dog. The name of the – well, it's not the one punchline. But the, one, the name of the dog is the exact same name that Mark Norman uses. Mm. And is it – is that parallel thinking? Because that is too close of the subject because this joke is technically almost the same. But yet the punchline or where he names the dog is the exact same name this guy and Mark Norman use for their dog. Mm -hmm. So let's go and play this tip. Women treat puppy stores the same way that guys treat strip clubs. Twenty sixteen, it's even older.
And again, only this is only coming up because obviously the popularity of Mark Norman now, and yeah. and the guy is just like, is it parallel thinking or is it really close that that might be a stolen joke? I, I don't know. I say stolen joke. I was gonna say it, there was he 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 shows he you rearranged it like Mark Norman rearranged the the jokes and tags and stuff like that. In between them, but they were it was all there, you know. About so, the strip club. About the strip club, the same name. Rescue, rescue dogs. Yeah. Roxy, that's the weird. Well, the, yeah, and the Roxy one's the weird one because, like, I feel like if you're making a joke about a stripper, Broken Homes is like an immediate parallel to that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just a thing. But how many strippers do you think are named Roxy? Yeah, and exactly. And do you think exactly. that they're named Roxy? Well, and. The, the argument would be, well, Roxy is a common stripper and dog name, but you could, there's, I'm sure, like, we could think of other, you know, stripper slash dog names, you right. know what I mean? Like, Candy, Candy, uh, Princess, you know, they're like, whatever. Di- Diamond. Diamond, yeah. Chastity, Chastity. <laughs> Dynasty. <laughs> oh man! So that that's one thing that I saw, and and it recently has been coming up. Like, um, I don't know that. I mean, I love Mark Norman, but I mean, is it? Do you kind of let that slide just because he's the goat? I mean, I don't know if Mark Norman's the goat. He's so good. He's good. He's great. He's yeah, amazing. But... Even his. All, I, I, I'm probably sucking his dick at this point, but he's so good at all his podcasts. Everything that he does just is so funny. Like I love watching him no matter what he's doing. Yeah. When he's on Kill Tony, he's my favorite guest because he'll actually interact, right. say funny jokes. Like he's just so good at off the top of his head, like thinking that everything he does can be good. Right. Like it's insane. Compared to like other comics, right, right, for sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but again, is he, just because he's established, do you think that should be okay, or is this a concept of parallel thinking? Like, this is this is that's why I hate comedy. Like, this is one of the guys that I follow, and is like, yeah. is this how you're getting ahead? Is because you still one or two jokes? Stealing, yeah, stealing jokes from people, or uh, you know what? Then here, here's the thing: is if there is what's the what was the saying uh one is coincidence or one's an accident two's coincidence three's a pattern you know what i mean so like if there's only this one instance of mark norman doing this then it's like okay it's an accident parallel thinking you know whatever but then if there's another case of it then it's like huh that's kind of weird and then a third time it happens it's like nah dude you're fucking stealing jokes like the Joe Rogan Carlos Mencia is kind of a good example of that, yeah, right? That, like yeah, when Joe Rogan went up and, con- and confronted Carlos Mencia, it's like, "Hey, bitch, you have Ari Shafir's jokes, you got this person's jokes, and you said this person's jokes." Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And like he was waiting, like he started with Ari's, and then he was like, "Oh, blah blah blah," blah. and he's like, "No, it's not just Ari's." And then he yeah. went to that and the next person and the next person. And that's what's crazy about the internet now is that you can do these comparison videos to mm-hmm. find out if it's really something like that or not. Right? Like I never. I understood and I've heard about the Joe Rogan, Carlos Mencia, even at a young age. Yeah. But like watching a video of him doing stand up and the jokes that he stole is like mind blowing. Because yeah. again, when you're when I was younger, you saw and even when I first started like surfing the internet and stuff like that, you see the video of Carlos Mencia and Joe Rogan fighting. Mm-hmm. But that's all you see. Yeah, is them fighting. It's like 
I hate to say it's kind of like the Jamar thing. You know how they throw blatant accusations and they yeah, just come, yeah, yeah. we don't know. Right. We right. don't yeah, know. We don't know. And we can't put that on them. But then you see again, you have the comparison videos now and you can see that Carlos Mencia was doing something yeah. like that. So that blows me away too is to think like how how fuck? This is crazy. Why did this yeah. happen? Yeah, and and you know what the other thing is is like I said, Discord, you know, you should be able to not saying that, you know, these two people know each other, but like if you do know someone in this circumstance, you know, like if, if me and you thought we, you know, came up with a similar joke idea and one of us got sour about it, thinking the other one was trying to piggyback off of it, you should be able to go and talk to that person and be like, yo, like what was your thought process behind this? You know, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And, and then I've, that would probably squash anything. But, you know, once again, there's probably a dude in Denver who said jokes that me or you or someone else has said, and we don't even know each other. So then at that point, you know, what, how are you going to have that discord about it? I was, sense. I was actually telling on like the first time I saw Zach, a beta, like go up, he did this joke about like looking for women. Right. And then having red flags, right. Outlining, like going through red flags, like he's going skiing. like skiing. Mm hmm. And it's funny because I had that same tagline in one of my jokes. My jokes were, like wasn't funny, but like I had that same exact concept mm -hmm. of like jumping into relations too quickly, and I'm just looking at like those red flags, like it's my best Olympic time. Right. But I had I hadn't even been to Albuquerque, yeah. you know. So it's like I don't know. So it probably happens all the time. That's yeah. Good, and like I said, you know, you talk to people who you know. I've heard Steph say it. I heard Chuck and Trip say it. I've heard Royal say it. You know, you get these people, I'm, you know, I'm sure Zach and Josh have come across it too. You, you know, you go out to these cities that there's 50 people on an open mic. You know, we have an open mic in Albuquerque and there's 20 people. And we're like, God damn, this is a fucking big open mic. Like, we got a list today. Yeah. You know, and then out there, it's all three open mics that are on that day have 50 fucking comedians on it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, that's a little different. So... You know, even if there's some, you know, same comedian, you know, you hit the first show and then you go to the third show. All in all, there's still, you know, probably over 100 comics that are trying to, you know, in that one city, let alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, of course, you're going to come across other stuff and ideas. Yeah. Ideas and everything like that. And so at that point, it also kind of becomes like, well, how can you be funny? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, who's, who's, you know, but like, then again, too, uh, if you want to say if you want to say, how do you become funny? Like, I hate to say it. I think Mark Norman can present the joke a little bit better than the other guy. Right. Because mm -hmm. he does it better with the taglines and just like with his rules of three, he can hit him like with mm -hmm. timing so much better where this guy kind of seemed like he was ranting about his joke but still doing pretty decently well. Right, right. So it all depends on, well, the presentation of the joke as well, too. Like, right. if, if you have the same parallel idea, but yet your joke is just presented funnier, maybe as a funnier tagline, maybe as a little bit funnier aspect of it, then does that joke instinctively kind of relate to that person more than the other person? Mm. Maybe even if you did come up with a joke first. Like, right. I, I, that always blows me away, too, is, like, we're going to see it here. Like we're no, going to yeah. keep doing comedy and we're going to see those guys are just like that. I think he stole one of my jokes. Like I felt that way when I first met, uh, Joaquin Luna. Uh -huh. Like I had this joke about like Moses traveling the desert and it took him forever. Yeah. But I GPS it and it only takes six days. And then like I heard, uh, him say it and I was just like, wait, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> but then again, I can't 
think of that as like because that's a general idea like you know yeah moses did everyone knows that moses took forever to fucking cross the desert and stuff and yeah. just a simple google search would show you that like the distance that he traveled was only a certain amount of time mm-hmm. like, that's very vague and i'm not surprised if i still hear that joke somewhere down the line in my comedy career right so, right so I, I shouldn't be offended or weirded out or thinking they're stealing jokes from me yeah and little taglines like that I think are totally different than like even what we just saw or like what Lucia was doing where it's like it's almost a blatant yeah like there's you know very clear just like same wording you know ideas the same yeah and you know those were 30 you know a 30 second thing too so presumably you're going to have more material than that but also it's it is weird to see someone have some a joke that is super similar to yours yeah you know what i mean especially if you're at the same show that's so crazy to think about that that even in our little comedy community that happens more often than not i i I see it every now and then but i don't see it a ton i remember when i first started Corey and josh had a controversy because they had a similar joke yeah and Corey started much later than Josh and, right. and they instinctively thought that Corey stole it. Yeah. And I, it's one of those things is like, I don't know, maybe kind of, I mean, there it's a d- same idea about a gay cousin and then coming out of the cover, you know, yeah. that, that they both have a joke like that. And that's crazy. Like, did somebody steal it from the other person or is that really such a blanketed topic? Like so vague that they can, mm-hmm. just, gay cousins coming out of the closet ending in the cupboard like yeah you know everybody can kind of relate to that yeah i don't know man i, I mean we're, we don't have native cousins right. out of the closet, <laughs> but oh, that's some good shit man i don't know see th- that's what i love about comedy too is like there's this a uh, whole different aspect of like how it's done and how it should be done how it's presented to people do people steal do they not you saw the controversy there was this big old thing with jamar and stuff right yeah i mean that was crazy in itself like like that's that's that kind of sucks in jamar's sense because like if buck d and them got to a certain level and they were literally saying that about any comedian yeah it ruins that comedian and in in like straightforward but then again like what if it uncovered something that has been hidden yeah so who knows i not trying to start with out. twenty people. You all suck. <laughs> with twenty people on an open mic, though, like Albuquerque's pretty fucking tight knit to be just like stealing jokes. Yeah. Like again, though, so if the, the Buck accus- D had evidence, the accusation it would be different. The accu- the accusation was that he goes to other locations yeah. and tell these jokes, the jokes that he gets from here, mm-hmm. which I mean would be a great ploy, right? That's how you. Yeah, that's the- how you would do it. <laughs> you wouldn't do the jokes here. Everyone, everyone knows each other here, but you go somewhere the, else. The, the thing that would if if like if I did that though, or you know like if I was Jamar in this hypothetical <laughs> situation, what would scare the shit out of me is because like it's not like you know like I feel like if you're in Albuquerque, you're either traveling to Denver, Phoenix, or El Paso yes. for your next big city, right? Yeah. You might might go to Fort Worth, maybe, or maybe like L.A. You know, like if you're if if something comes up. But, like, if you're just doing comedy in Albuquerque, your next, like, big city stop is either north on I-25, south on I-25, or west on I-40. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, what would scare the shit out of me is if I went down there and then, like, 
just per chance, you know, or like another comedian was down there from Albuquerque and then they said the joke and because it's their joke, I would assume they're going to say it better. So then it's like, well, fuck, like then people, you know what I mean? Like, like if you, I feel like if you're really going to do that, like it's a good ploy and I don't know, but it, it, it seems <laughs> like if you're going to do that, you would want to do it somewhere that like, isn't going to be in the immediate little triangle of another place where another comedian could see it. You know what I mean? Especially because you're probably taking a joke from someone who is funny and would be traveling. Okay. You know what I mean? That, so that like, is so established that they would be traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like one of these, like, hey, I've been doing comedy only here. Like, right. you would think it would be someone who's just like, well, he does comedy here. He's good at it here, and he goes to other locations. Right. But there's also the thing about somebody recording you and putting it online. Exactly. Like, that would scare me the most because everyone has that option. Mm-hmm. Well, now, or, yeah. Or yeah. if you're stealing someone's shit and you're going to a new city... And then that new city starts liking you and wants you to start doing more time. And you don't have that enough time without putting that stolen material into it. Yeah. Then that's more likely to be recorded to and yeah, found out. Yeah. And found out. out. So, you know what I mean? Like it's not practical. Yeah. That I've not, I've heard the accusations and stuff like that, but I've, yeah, we don't know, right? I'm in, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I don't know. I don't want to be the person who just blatantly tries to come up with it either. And, like, I don't have a problem with Jamar at all. Right. Like, I like Jamar. And but this is America, and you have to have evidence for that. Yeah, shit. and you know what? If, you know? I don't know. If he, America, baby. If, he, <laughs> if he's stealing my stuff and it's going down to El Paso, then I hope it's killing at least. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's killing. That's a good metaphor to have for it. Um, we have a segment here. It's called random YouTube comment. Okay. So what happens is like Dulce is going to pull up this random YouTube comment. It could be any video on YouTube. What we have to do is guess what kind of video it is. So okay. like, it's going to be like a comment from like J 33 five was just like, that's some bitching ass tires. And then you have <laughs> to think of what the video actually is. Like, is he talking about bike tires? Is he talking about a Camaro? We don't know. That's why we have. YouTube random comments. Right. It's in. It's under dongs on the the tabs. Yeah. <laughs> so the acronym for dongs is do online now, guys. These are th- on this folder. These are things you can do online right now. D dongs. Sweet girl, can't wait to meet her. What video do you think this is a comment to? Sweet girl, can't wait to meet her. Um. This is going to be a puppy video. A puppy video? Yeah, okay. This, oh. is, this is a video about puppies. I'm thinking it's a toy. This is a toy. Whoa. Yeah. It's a cool dog too, right? I like dogs. Dogs are cute. It's a nice dog. All right. You just have to refresh it. I'm really trying to do this from the screen, and it's so hard. <laughs> I need three screens at this point now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Orochumira. How do you pronounce that? I was wondering. Orochumira? Or- and Kabuto's extremely road trip to come out. Come on. And there's a sad face. So this is this should be a bad video. There's a sad face. So I don't know. No, 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 no. It's not a sad video. It's just 
it's a video about two anime characters that don't usually have like interactions and this person wants like there could have been a side plot in it with these two characters you know what I mean? so it's an amv what's an amv an anime music video <laughs> <laughs> sure all right let's find out what this video is oh oh you were right oh the naruto abridged series oh push pause on this okay just click anywhere Okay, so the abridged series is great. So what happens is like these guys, they take an anime and they overdub their voice over it. Right. And, and they, they just do random stuff. They kind of stick to the same plot line. But, the, you know, it's just like if you were Naruto and I was like Sasuke and we're just like having a conversation. We're just like, I don't know if I'm going to deal with this right. Maybe I should run really fast. You yeah. Know, some stupid shit it, like it, that. Yeah. Don't. It, uh, I think there's one about like. Dragon Ball, yep. like the original Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball. and like Yu-Gi-Oh has Master one. Roshi becomes like real perverted or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, his actual because you know in the in the anime, yeah, yeah he yeah. is a, he is a he is a, like one of those perverted old men, right? But you know they portrayed in a tasteful, funny kind of way. Yeah, and, but in the the crossover, whatever this the is, abridged. Yeah, abridged. It's like very blatant and like borderline creepy. That's hilarious. And then they have, I think, in the DBZ one, it's like the the little floating cat that hangs around Yamcha's. Or no, it's. Uh, Chatsu, I think, yeah, is, the, Chatsu, is, is yeah. the most powerful character, which that's, is hilarious. That's so funny. Yeah, and it's just an episode of Naruto, but they just overdubbed it themselves. So that's so funny. You have to probably go back. There you go. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. Let's do another one. I'm going to go three for three. Yeah, baby. Oh, so he's talking to somebody. Like we get <laughs> British hard as fuck. So this is a video about someone who is trying to do a British accent, and it is they're doing it poorly. It is poor. It's it's like me doing accents. <laughs> it's a video of me doing accents. I've I've recently came to learn that I don't I can't do accents. Can't, can't do accents. I do accents, but I just don't do it for the right rates. Southern accents. So, so, like okay so like you you know what i mean right it's no, see i can't i don't Dude, know is that mexican or southern <laughs> i don't know the difference okay okay <laughs> on, on, on hell focus focus I can't do, on it. Hell. do a russian ass accent guten tag <laughs> <laughs> right that's that's russian right that's oh. german yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see what this video is from. Let's see. John D got this. Ooh, his video is unavailable. That means they either blocked it or it's not available in this country. I don't speak Spanish. Lo, oh, hey, buddy. Roxel is back. Roxel, right? Roxel is back. Golden State Warriors. This is just a highlight video. Somebody doing really good. If you got time, check out my video. It's my time to shine comment please that's just a spam comment click on the video let's see what this video is ah oh. go back oh we can't ah uh -huh. uh, uh, no this is something in spanish I don't no know. that's french I think. yeah that's french yeah. it's close Christ. to spanish that's that's spanish tres is spanish you say not with the accent marker tres it's the same thing oh, I'm gonna look at the time now. pieces pieces 
Yeah, I don't think they even have that accent mark in Spanish. Yeah, they Spanish. do. No, no I think that I think no, I think the Spanish one goes the other way. I mean, points the other way. What what would be the indication of why it goes the other way? It's just you don't ever see it in Spanish. But you hyphen that's why they put it there. So you are supposed to like use the because you know in English language you have the three different sounds of a right a and then ah <laughs> yeah. and then whatever the hell. But that's the same thing with this. Is like you can do it in the. Oh, we're looking. Whatever attack of whatever. All right, let's see. What is this video? Classical music. Yeah, oh. dude, this guy. Right, can we keep going until he gets one wrong? All right, let's see what he's got. When passion, when the passion and love are radiated through the music, the listener can feel it. I grew up on AI, and I still play his music. No, that's Al, bud. Oh, Al. <laughs> I grew up on AI. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was AI too. I <laughs> <laughs> still play his music. Um, William Mitchell was just it? just by the name Daniel McCoy. I'm gonna say it's some sort of video. It's like country music. It's country music or a Weird Al video. One of the two. William Mitchell's was a genius. It has to be music guitar player. I'm hoping. Oh, wasn't good enough. Copyright. No, yeah. Copyrighted here in America. All right, do another one. It's hauntingly beautiful. Um. Ooh. Uh, this might be another anime remix of some sort. Totally beautiful. I don't. I wouldn't know. Dang. Dang. I was curious about that one. I wanted to. I wanted to know what that one was about. Video is up. Enjoy. Oh, this is a guy who He's rebuilding a car. He thinks he can be a influencer of some sort, but he cannot be. He should not uh. be. An influencer. Or some sort. Oh, what is this? Is that Diablo? Oh is this God, man is playing the Diablo? original Diablo? Oh, oh the Mortal original Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Okay. Shaolin Monks. It's like a side-scrolling game. It's crazy. Mortal Kombat has done so many of them. See? Check how many views he's got. Dang, 67K. I like that. That's oh, cool. I was finally wrong. That was fun. And that was... Random YouTube comments. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That was fun. All right. Um, well, we have one more segment before we take off in here and we don't fucking die of a heat stroke. Jesus Christ. Right. The fucking... This AC sucks, dude. This is, this is what happens when you live in a fucking apartment in a shitty city. <laughs> this is called rapid fire. Rapid fire. Okay. What, I, what I am going to do is I'm going to read you one of these words, and I want you to say the first thing that pops in your head. Okay. No... Don't think about it. Just the first instinctual thing you think about, just say it right away. All right. All right? And can you get closer to the mic while you say this? Yeah. There you go. This Perfect. is rapid fire, okay? All right. Here we go. First word. Music. On hell. Food. Uh, restaurants. Black. <laughs> <laughs> Steph Darnell. Car. Car? Yeah. Uh, Caleb Mulkey. Super. Super? Man. Native American. Uh, genocide. Gold. Gold? Uh, San Francisco. Maze. Maze? Labyrinth. Fast. Fast? Uh, running. Don't repeat the word. <laughs> <laughs> Just to give him more time to think. Yeah, I was, I was hoping you weren't catching on to that, bud. <laughs> Last word. Drugs. Me. There you go. That's rapid fire. That's it. That's If you guys ever want to get into the mind of JBM, that's our way to do it. Just... I feel words. like that's so like that isn't a good way to get into anyone's mind. <laughs> Black, 
silence and start laughing. Yeah, like <laughs> dark. Oh. Like what is? Everyone that usually hears that says white. Really? Yeah, you'd be you'd be surprised. And a lot of gray. Gray. Yeah, we got gray on that too. And I had one person say, "I was going just Albuquerque comics." We're on this path. Let's we're, see. We're getting it going. Um, JBM, thank you for coming to the studio, man. Thanks we, for having me. This has me, been man. long overdue. I've yes. been, we've been. Over, I was like, "Hey, let's do the podcast." Do, ends up ditching it. Let's do the podcast. I end up fucking having to reschedule. But yeah, we finally got it. Finally done, got dude. it done. I'm it's so, a good time. Yeah, dude, it's so great. We have to do it again because there's so many things to talk about. You can, there's always something to talk always. about. Like we can always bring up more things, talk about more comics, more joke stealing. It's <laughs> it's a fun old time here at Muse Me TV. Do you want to give out any of your social medias, anything that you want to promote, anything else like that? Give uh, it out right now. Wildboar Comedy is on is my Instagram handle. Uh, catch me at the open mic at Lizard Tail on Knob Hill. And then, hey, this weekend, Dry Heat Comedy is opening it up. Heck yeah. Uh, what day are you doing? I'm doing it the same day as you are. We are. We oh, are, yeah. I yeah, forgot. We got we Caleb. Caleb. You. Cadenella. Uh, or not Cadenella. Uh, Courtney Foster. Courtney and Foster. Uh, Sarah Ann Myers. Oh, yeah. And the uh, headliner is Jess, Jess Wood. Wood. Yeah. So that should be a super fun show. Thursday, 6.30. Doors open, I think, right? 6.30 or 7. Yeah. 6.30 or two. 7. Get your tickets as soon as you can. Holdmytickets.com. Just type in Dry Heat Comedy. All those will come up. Uh, anything you want to add? What day and time are you guys performing? We're on Thursday, and I think it's the it's the first show on Thursday. Thursday. So, again, if you guys don't know, there's actually a comedy club opening up in Albuquerque, Dry Heat Comedy, Central and 7th. They're opening – like, this is the opening of the comedy club. Like, five headliners all week, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday – I'm just saying Monday, but there's more because there's two headliners each night. Yeah. So, so there's, there's like six. eight, right? There are eight, yeah. Eight, yeah headliners. Eight, eight headliners. You guys get your tickets. Go see these people because we're only getting better in this scene. Like this scene is growing. The scene's growing a lot. When yeah. I first ca- came here, everyone was like a little divided. It was still dying. Bozy Brothers got closed down. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, no, this is not how I thought comedy was going to be. But then all of a sudden, pandemic happened, and that just made a resurgence of shit to go down. Yeah, man, I think people want to go. I think people are, are looking for it, and there was, you know, some real young comics whenever the pandemic started, you know, and so I think that break kind of re, re made us want to get more into it and dive into it a little bit head more, and then it also made some of the more experienced people Realize. yearn for it a little bit more, yeah. too. You're like, know? remember this, guys? Yeah. Remember then, when you guys used to do this? Well, and then also, you know, if you see, I don't know, if there's – a group of people who are new at it and are coming up and really excited. I'm sure that would excite any other person who's been doing it for a while too. So like, it's not dead. Yeah. We got a good, we got a good balance of new and upcomers. Some people who have been doing it for a while and some vets, some wily vets. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys know what to do. Check us out. Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. We got Muse Me TV, JBM. He's on Facebook and he's also. Do you have a YouTube or anything? I don't have a YouTube or a Twitter. No. Are you going to do it anytime soon? I don't even have the equipment to start off with, bud. So. I mean, check him out, JBM, <laughs> wherever you can find him. Google him. I'm pretty sure you'll find him somewhere. He also does the Lizard Tail. It should come up if you t- uh, type in Lizard Tail Knob Hill, yep. your flyer for one of the open mics, maybe. Yep, yep. AlbuquerqueComedy.com also shows all of the open mics and shows that are happening, all the podcasts that are happening. 
Dry Heat Comedy. Go check that out. It's going to be awesome. Shout out to Kelly and uh, Sarah. You guys are awesome doing shit Shout that we, Kelly and Sarah, yeah. we would have never thought that this would be a doing happening. But guess what it is? And maybe it'll attract more people to this place. Get some more comic stars in here. You guys know what to do. Like, subscribe, comment, and leave a comment if you want us to talk about it in our next episode. I don't know who we're going to have for our next episode, but it won't be in a month. I swear to God, guys. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Uh, young Dulcie, roll us out. Bye. Beep, beep, do, 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 Happens. I'm white. What can I say? <laughs> you know what's really weird is this. Like one, one day I put on deodorant and I'm like, dude, my deodorant's giving me hyperhidrosis. But then like I forgot to put deodorant on and I just ride around with my windows down and I don't use my AC and I just fucking like drip sweat and I've never drip sweat like anywhere else in my life. Like straight up. Droplets. I wasn't a crazy sweaty person until I lost my virginity. I, just, I swear just, to God, you're, you're like, wetter than the girls you get. With. I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. Like I didn't sweat. I like I was never a sweaty person. Like in football, like I'd obviously have sweat like where the pads were and yeah. stuff, but I wouldn't be like crazy sweaty. And then after junior year homecoming, like next thing I knew, I was, was like just one day, like I was like, "Fuck!" Like why am I so sweaty? And, like, that's the only correlation that comes into my head. Like that's weird. Maybe it was an emotional trauma for you. Maybe. <laughs> so every time it happens, you just sweat so much. <laughs> but I mean, I sweat all the time now. You know what I mean? Like I'm a like I'm a sweaty person now. I don't know, dude. I think it's Albuquerque. I do. Like I hate. Like I, I have never back dripped back is sweat. Ever. Yeah, I've noticed my. my I'm just like, God damn it. Back isn't like dripping, but I notice it's it's like moist. It's my armpits moist. that are like. Yeah, that it's always like well, fucking I'm. I'm hot and I'm sweaty. Here's my armpits for you. Right. I'm just a sweaty motherfucker. I don't know why I wasn't uploading to Facebook, but at least the episode was on Twitch and YouTube, so that's good. We got another follower. Those are the only two that matter. Yeah. On Facebook. Awesome. No lonely bone, Jay. Oh, that's funny, too, because, like, it didn't even play on Facebook, so. I know, huh? I just like so like this is a cool picture or something following <laughs> TV. Well, that's cool how easy that is. <coughs> content, content, content. So you got plans for the rest of the day, buddy? Uh, chill, man. Heat up the apartment a little bit. Nice. Let's let's all go do an escape room together. An escape room together? Let's do it. Sounds horrible. I, I see. These are the moments I fucking. Who is it that has the joke about an escape room being a bad first date? Steph. No, no, it's not Steph. It's fucking... Is it Steph or is it AJ? No. No, it's Steph. It is? Yeah. <gasps> Send me the rope my earring. No, I think I just... Yeah, because... Because Steph was standing there and he was like, Yeah, she's leaving with the other guy that got her out of the room. You're just sitting there at the sarcophagus, like... Yeah, trying, trying to, to figure, figure it, it out. out. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was stuff. That was stuff. I don't know. I feel like it's really fun. It took me and my friends ten minutes to get through the door. <laughs> <laughs>
And that's what sucks too. Some of those escape rooms have levels to them. They're like, eh. Oh yeah, they're they're rated online. You can see it when you book them. They're like, don't get these, don't get the Egyptian room. That's the Dude, hardest yeah, room. Yeah, I picked the hardest one for my first ever escape room. Success rate. And then 3%. my my other two friends had done escape rooms, but not like extensively. But like one friend looked at me and she's like, I did it in an escape room with my family. That was seven people. And she's like, and we didn't even make it out on time. With seven people trying to figure this out. And I'm just like, that sounds hilarious. I like how people just saw saw and were like, we could do this. We could make it, like, less murdery. But we could do this. Like, we could do it. They've got, oh, the one that I went to has, like, a haunted house escape room theme. And, like, shit that you figure out scares you. And shit like that. Like, so it's spooky. Yeah, and the one I went to is, like, a fucking, we're trying to, like, uncover shit about the president. We're, like, in the presidential office and trying to, like, find clues and stuff to, like, is this a scandal or not? Like, it was so dumb. I, I, haven't, like, I haven't been to any escape room. Uh, this is the worst this escape room This was the first time I did it last weekend with my girlfriends. Yeah, see, like, I don't it think my group of friends is, like, let's go do an escape room. That's because you haven't told them to. Well, but, See, you like, could be I don't that know if shining I really want star to, and either. plan this, okay? I don't know if I really want to, though, either. Then you become the friend that's inviting people yeah. to escape from. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and then what if you guys have a great time and your bond becomes even closer? I love that's, how positive that's cool. She's positive. Very positive she about the positive. experience that can happen, but more than likely you guys are ten minutes trying to open the door, and you're the what? friend that brought them. All I, all I know is that we were getting discouraged, the but we if the comedian, If there's a group of comedians in a tight room... Then there is a very strong urge to start doing cocaine too. <laughs> and like, once that urge comes around, like we're not solving any escape rooms. Who's so, solving a problem? Right? Yeah, <laughs> I think the problem is trying to get more cocaine at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like we're here for an hour, guys. Fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, get out of here. That would that would be the motivation. Is <laughs> like you go in there with no cocaine, and then they the the hankering gets in there, and it's like, well, Ooh. only way to get out is by solving this. See, <laughs> that could also happen that, and honestly i would take some video cameras just to video that shit or i wonder if you could buy a copy because they watch you while you're in there I, I would imagine they charge so fucking much for that <laughs> so because it's like a bunch of comedians in a tight room trying to figure puzzles no just because like, like that would be so funny i think that would be because okay do you get one escape room like yes. so i go in there and i like i pay for one experience yes so how much you do pay you... 30 bucks so okay so it's 30 bucks a person yes Okay. Horrible. So. Dude, I know, but once you go into these rooms and like everything works like flawlessly, it's like really nicely done, and you like feel like you're I'm, in the. Like, I'm not room. saying that they're not well done. I'm just oh, saying, dude, I was in there like this cost thirty dollars, but like I can see where it goes because right. all of these effects, you know, to keep up and like that, to keep working really like, well, that, that, it takes mad upkeep. But also, like, how many people are going in there on the regular? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like an escape room isn't... Oh, bro, there's a schedule, and there was only three slots the day we went. Really? That blows me away, too, because that's, like, me saying, like, you gotta come, you gotta pay $30 to come to my podcast because of all of the equipment I have and all the pristine things I have about it. Like, if it was just, like... Yeah, but, like, people break shit. You yeah, have to people replace. break shit. That's something I would be super down to do, is one of those break rooms that where is... you just go in and you just break shit for half an hour. That seems fucking amazing. That, and that's you just go here. out in the middle of the desert and do that for free. <laughs> go buy all into the thrift store. The thrift store. Yeah, like yeah but then I'm, I'm breaking but that, but shit then right I'm now. Buying shit, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, like, you buy an experience. Yeah, you would be paying like fifty or some odd dollars to do that. 
Yeah. It was Dude, just... 50 shit, $50 of shit to break from a thrift store? It's, I think it's true. That's true. Like, I don't know. Faces are only usually like $1. Yeah, she bought some stuff that was like 50 cents. I was like, dude, I would love to break this for 50 cents. It's breakable. That and it's colored glass. It's like way cooler. Yeah, yeah one of the coolest scenes in, um, in Zombieland is whenever they walk into that uh, little side, like, thrift store. store. Yeah, that little Indian store, and they just, like, start fuck it. They just start, yeah, just destroying everything. It's like, yeah, I think we can all kind of relate to that. Get on that fucking ship. I don't know. My my escape room experience was positive. We did three out of the five puzzles. I was the one that had the most important puzzle and didn't figure it out. So I take most of the blame here for not winning the room. But it wasn't really an escape room. It was more like we were like working for this rich guy who were, who was like paying us for artifacts that we were uncovering in like the tomb of like Nefer Nefari. So it was like we had an hour to like get a, these artifacts and then like get paid. Archaeologist kind of. It's experience. a puzzle room. Yeah. yeah. They're not necessarily like not really an escape room, because escape room sounds intense. If that that would be how would you brand that? Giant adult puzzle games. Like, adult kidnapping. Yeah, games, honestly, legally. But it's not like it's just you having to escape a room. Like it's not like like the escape process is just because like in the room that's not like you were forced to go in there and they tied you up and then you have to start from that yeah dude <laughs> starting from being tied up in an escape room sounds like an you escape. fucking <laughs> escape you motherfucker how like, intense would that be if, yeah dude. you you sign up for something and it's like okay like from like th this from like the third to the tenth like <laughs> I just have to Multiple be uh, like days. fucking on my toes about someone potentially kidnapping me, and then me waking up in this room, in this house that I have to escape That's via crazy. all of these puzzles. <laughs> and people would have paid for that experience. Yeah. Also pay for the footage of that experience, because yeah, like, what true. if somebody broke their fucking brain, like, just got super fucking psycho? See, but what if they were so? See, that's what makes it funnier too. Is like. They get the whole. They, they want the whole process, but yet they're so good that they can't even get like kidnapped. You know? I was gonna say, yeah. yeah do you do you think people who fuck can, it like comes, yeah. who like know how to fuck people up? You know what I mean? Like like MMA it. fighters or martial artists or something are like, I can test the skills yeah. today, boys. Like on my toes for a week. Got a big fight coming up. If I can fight off these five dudes, I can surely fight off this motherfucker. No, one guy. no you can't do that because your body at some point in your your education process as a fighter. You actually have to like legally permit your your like fighting skills as a deadly weapon, so you actually get fined more if you get into fights in public. So 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 if if I was a professional fighter and I signed up for this service and I was like, yo, by the way, I could fuck people up. Like, but I'll give you like ten ten percent extra. And so like you just pick like your five best kidnappers and like <laughs> And then like I'm gonna I'm, and like my goal in this is like to either escape, but like my main goal is to not even have to escape. Like I'm not even getting kidnapped. Bro, we have to like, write this I'm, down because this would be a great skit of like hiring the kidnappers for this job. 
you know, and then we could flash to, like somebody tr- getting trying to get being kidnapped, and then we could like, flash, flash to, like idea, like do the idea of like this kind of escape room, and right. then this be an episode of that escape room. Like, yes, like like you know what I mean. Like you can yes. have people like signing, uh, like different people signing up yeah. for it, <laughs> and interview them too, and like give their like homemade video of why they should be on there. Yeah, dude, yeah. that would be comedy yeah, yeah, gold, like, like dude. A, like a real world like audition. Uh, yeah, a real world. <laughs> This company's fucked, like, dude. That would be such a well, good screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what makes you think that you would be a good candidate for this? Well, I'm like, my dad is in the Navy SEALs. Yeah. That's hilarious. Dude, what fucking comedy gold? If you could get like people on board to do that with you. We should really try to work on that screenplay. I think that would be really funny. Or a little skit. Just a one minute skit would probably be yeah. like way long enough. But we'd have to like actually work on it. Do you have an iPhone? Me? Yes. 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 So we three, what we can do is share a note then you can work on it whenever you want. And then the other person comes in and works on it. Mm-hmm. And then the other person works on it. We have the technology. We have the technology. Like, we could do this, potentially. Because I think this is a pretty good idea. I don't think it's been done before. So we have to be the quintessence of this this whole idea. Our escape room's not fun enough for you. <laughs> do you want a room and it's just a puzzle? Yeah. <laughs> How about a little excitement? Show fighting scenes. Just people like throwing really large like black bags over people, <laughs> like actually kidnapping them that way. You cut to the scene in old school when they kidnap the old man, so they're like very gingerly <laughs> like helping him in too. <laughs> so yeah, that'd be funny too. Cause, like, or or Will Ferrell running up and yelling at the wife and being like, "You say anything, I'll fucking kill you." <laughs> No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. We'll have him back later tonight. This is just a game we're playing. And then, like, steal a bag of chips. Because that's funny, too, because, like, what if it's, like, a couple, you know, but only the male wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I can't let my wife know that this is happening. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's like, I want to see if she talks. (laughs) See how much she really loves me. Yeah, right. You have, like, a a price breakdown of things that they do. So, like, like if, if, you know, like, you kidnap me in front of my wife, and you don't fucking tell her what's happening. Yeah. Okay, then, then it's like, okay, well, we're going to charge you, you know, like, 5% extra because, like, we're putting ourselves at risk of, like, the law for a little bit. That's <laughs> a homicidal package. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. I think we should work on it. I like it. I like it. It's creative enough. It's not overdone. That's what you're really looking for. Although I'm sure, like, escape rooms aren't really mainstream anymore. I feel like that was, like, maybe one to two years ago. Didn't Rick and Morty do this? I mean, if you... Didn't Rick and Morty do an escape room? You just said that there was only three appointments left whenever you did it. That is true. (laughs) And, dude, when I was fucking 